hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. The Father and His Household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alter Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. Two types of outcasts. Either Genesis 4, 1 to 5. It says, now Adam knew his wife. Remember, this is after he's been sacked and his wife. Adam knew his wife, and I don't need to explain what new means. Now Adam knew his wife, Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And she said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. That's a totally different message I won't get into now. But it's a very profound statement. I have acquired a man from the Lord. Verse 2. Then she bore again, this time, his brother, Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Remember, both of these children are born outside of Eden, outside of the household of God. They are both outcast children from an outcast parent. So they are outcasts. So, in this verse we see very, something very in- interesting. We see the offer of sacrifices in order to come to God. That's very interesting. Because in Eden, they didn't need sacrifices to go to God. In Eden, they talked to God. God was there, their father. You don't need a sacrifice to go to your father. God came to them in the coolness of the day and spoke to them. So there's no mention of sacrifice in Eden. But outside of Eden, now they have to develop a protocol for getting to God. A religious ritual or ceremony to get to God. Now when you read the passage, you get a feeling that probably God might have told them how to get to him outside of the garden. If you are in here, you can talk to me. But when you go out, if you want to talk to me, this is how you do it. So that's, that's my own conjecture. It's, it's not written anywhere. But that's what I think might have happened. So there is sacrifice. Those who are outcasts always approach the father differently from those who are children. 
The outcasts need a ritual. The children go boldly to their father. But the outcasts need a ritual. They need an appointment. They need to make sure that when they go, they will not be shot and uh, they will not be killed in wrath because they are exposed to wrath. So they have to make sure they are peace and make sure everything is okay before they approach the father. But the children don't need that. In Eden, they didn't need it. But outside Eden, they are sacrificing. That's the beginning of religion. In the garden, there is no religion. There is a father and his children relationship. Outside of the garden, there is religion. All right. So let's look at these two outcasts, two types of outcasts. The first one is Cain. Cain is what I call the first child of disobedience. The Bible says we're by nature children of disobedience. This is the first one. Remember, Adam and Eve were not born outside of Eden. They were created in Eden. So this is the first person born outside of Eden. So it's an interesting study to show how his nature is. Cain is a man who tries to worship God in his own terms. He likes to make his own rules. And the Bible says that Cain and Abel bring, make a sacrifice to God. It gives the impression that Adam and Eve were making sacrifices to God, although the Bible doesn't state that explicitly. But for them, the Bible says in the process of time they did so, so probably they had seen their parents do that all the time. And, and so when they grew up, they decided we also must offer sacrifice. So that's my own conjecture, that Adam and Eve were offering sacrifices outside of Eden, and their children saw it, and they also decided we're going to bring sacrifice. If that is true, then it means that Adam and Eve knew how to make a proper sacrifice to God. They knew how to do that, and, 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 and God accepted it. So the children knew the proper way of sacrifice, but Cain comes to make a sacrifice, and he... He makes a sacrifice that God doesn't like. Cain represents outcasts who reject God's rule over their lives. They are people who want to be masters of their own life. They don't see why anyone, God or human, should have any control over them. I believe that Cain knew the right way to come before God, but he hated that way. And not only does he reject God's rule, Cain invents his own way of worship. If you judge from his life and the life of his descendants in Genesis chapter 4 uh, and, and, and onwards, you see that Cain was a very creative person. Very creative person. His descendants led a lot of the creative discoveries of their time. They were artists, they were artists, they were builders, they were inventors, and, uh, and all of that. But they were godless people. So this is a very creative man who thinks, well, this is what you say God says, but I can do it my own way. That's, that's Cain. He's an outcast. He's creative, he's intelligent, he's smart. And he thinks that he can always choose his own path and make his own sacrifice. So he brings his sacrifice to God and uh, God doesn't take it. Then he gets angry. And God says, why is your countenance falling? I have a feeling that he was looking very morose. His countenance fell. 
because he thinks he's so creative that he's done something that God must appreciate and God says I, that's not how it's supposed to be done and he gets upset why do you get my I said my younger brother He's doing the same old thing my parents have been doing. He's not creative. He's not inventing anything. Why is he accepted better than me? I'm trying to do something new here. God says, but that's not how it's supposed to be done. His countenance falls. So outside of the garden, among outers, there are the Cain's who are rebellious to the core, but also very smart and intelligent. And very evil. Because when we read 1 John chapter 3 verse uh, 12. It says not as Cain who was of the wicked one. And murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil. And his brother's righteous. So what he was doing was not just that he's bringing plans to God. It's an evil intention that is behind the whole thing that he's doing. He's continuing in the spirit of rebellion. So outside the house, among outcasts, there are canes. Then there is a second kind of outcast, the Abel ones. Abel is a child of obedience. Abel shows that you can be outside of God's household and still do things that are godlike or things that God likes. Being outside of the household does not mean that a person does not have the capacity to be good or do good deeds. Neither does it mean that everybody who is outside of God's household is evil. So, in Cain, we see two characteristics. He is the person who sacrificially gives of his best. He sacrifices properly the fat of the offering and the firstlings of his flock. This is sacrificial giving. He sacrificially gives of his best. This represents those who are outside the household yet sincerely serve with their best. They are serviceable. They are generous. They are good people. They go to every length to ensure that people get help. Maybe they, they're working as medical emergency people. They, they, they're just good people. They will go to the bush and educate people. They will go everywhere and help people. They are outside, but they are good. That's Cain. That's Abel. Not only that, Abel seeks for God's approval. Sincere religious pursuits. He represents people outside of God's household who really want to be righteous before God. And they do all they can to live a good life. Outside of the household, among the outcasts, there are kings and there are abels. There are evil people and there are good people. Good denominator is that they are all outcasts. So their goodness doesn't bring them to the house. They are still outside, but they are good people. Nice, decent human being. But he's still an outcast. Not because he's evil and bad, but because he was born outside. Because if you understand that, then you understand that no good works of yours brings you to the house. 
It's good to be good. It's good to be kind, to be generous, to be loving, to be compassionate, to help, to be decent, to love people. You know, and people say, oh, you know, I'm a good man. I try to love my neighbor. It's good to be good, but we were all born outside. If you want to go inside, it's not going to be because you are good. There has to be a new way to bring you in. So there are kings, bad people. They are outcasts. They are Abel's good people. They are outcasts. That's the study of the two types of outcasts. Some of you, before you got born again, you were bad. Bad. And you're still. And some people, before they got born again, they were good. That even when they got born again, you can't see the difference. They're still the same good people. But before Christ, you are all outcasts. You are all children subject to the wrath of God. So when the wrath of God is coming, it's not going to say, oh, oh, Abel is bad. Abel is good. Cain is, 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 is bad. So no, 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 no. It's all to the children of wrath. None of them by themselves can get back to God by what they do. Although it's commendable that one of them is a good boy. And the bad boy killed a good boy. I don't want to get there because it will derail me. So, the question many people ask is, how can a loving God punish people? Well, I think by now you have an idea how that happens. Because if you are all outside, you are children of wrath. You are all exposed to wrath. So let's look at it, how God judges outcasts. The flood. The judgment for outcasts. And remember, it's not the final. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 to 8. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man, that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent and the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was very sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Three things I want to just touch on. First, we see God's patience. God's patience. God's patience. He says that man's thoughts were continually evil. He saw the wickedness of man was great. And every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. But God did not strike. We see God's patience. He's a God of patience. The patience of the Lord. God was patient with man. He saw what was going on. He saw the deepening rebellion. He saw the corruption of his purposes. But he still waited. And that's very important. Many people think when, when a person sins, God is going to strike him dead. Boom! One time. No. God is patient. God is patient. When Adam and Eve sinned and God came to the garden, he didn't come trying to strike them. 
He came trying to redeem them. Adam, where are you? And if Adam had said, Lord, I blew it. We blew it. Sorry. He would have returned them to himself. Because God is patient. The second thing, and this is a very interesting one, is God's pain. God's pain. God feels pain. And this is a very interesting aspect of the nature of God. Does God feel? Yes. He made us like himself. We feel he must feel. And throughout the Bible, we see that God feels. He feels pain. And the Bible says he was grieved in his heart. Grieved in his heart. Is God happy when people say no? He's grieved in his heart. Does God enjoy condemning sinners? No, it grieves him in his heart. God is not sitting in heaven saying, you people wait and see. I will take all of you to hell one day. I will burn all of you. I will kill all of you. Hey, you will see I'm God. I will burn you. No. No. It grieves him. It is the hardest thing for God to do. It is something he would never want to do. So he lets his patience go and his mercy go and his grace go. And he gives all the time. Because the last thing he wants to do is to destroy what he has made. It grieves him. You think when you sin, God is happy, it grieves him. He's not enjoying punishing people. He's not enjoying taking people to hell condemnation. It's not a happy thought. Even you, a human being, when you've made something, and the thing is wrong. And you know you have to dispose of it. See how it grieves you. Some of you do house cleaning and you have all kinds of rubbish in your house. And you know you have to go and burn the rubbish. But it grieves you. You pick that, take that trouser. Looking very miserable. You remember when you were a young man. And all the, you know. You say, wow. And you look at that trouser. But it's useless now. You look at that picture. It's no good now. You look at your first plate. This is the first plate you bought when you were a bachelor and ate in. Now it's cracked in all kinds of places. And you want to dispose of it. It grieves you. And you didn't create any of those. You think God takes pleasure in condemning people? No. It's painful. But then we see something that God punishes. God punishes. The most fearsome phrase ever in the Bible is this one. I will destroy man. I will destroy man. Even in the final judgment, there is always a redemption. There are those who go to heaven, those who don't. Does God punish? Yes. The outcast.
the father and his household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in 7-part audio series. Contact Alter Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.